Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000 is the number. For those of you familiar with the show, the best time to get on the air, if you want to take a call on the air or you want to talk on the air with me, is right now in the beginning of the show as the phone lines are wide open. And then over time, the phone lines begin to fill up and usually will stay full for the entirety of of the show. And so give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. You can also text me directly. Uh, we fill the we fill the show uh, the empty air with text questions if needed, and we have a dedicated text line. You can also text in your prayer requests. We print those out and we send them off to our prayer team, and that number is dedicated. It's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. It's for texting only. Do not leave any messages. Uh, don't expect anyone to answer it. It is a dedicated text line. And a text line only. Ready? 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That's for texting. Get on the air, 303-690-3000 to talk to me. And this is the show where we answer your questions with the Bible. Uh, We pray together. Uh, We enjoy a dialogue. We never really know which way the show is going. It's not scripted. Uh, very rarely uh, are we uh, do we um, you know script anything, although we do from time to time have guests uh, that are specific, but for the most part, we open it up and you direct the show because whatever's on your mind, uh, you that's where we go. So give me a call 303-690-3000. got a lot to talk about. Uh, so it's okay if you, delay your call, but we do have a lot to talk about. Right out of the gate, I need to tell you about the Refresh Conference. That's right here at Calvary Church this Friday night, Uh, and you are invited. This is not just, this is a regional conference. We put it on for this particular region we have for the last 11 years. It is not your typical Bible study after Bible study after Bible study after Bible study conference, although we will be studying the Bible together. Uh, It is a conference designed to refresh you and encourage you. It is a time gathering where we can be together uh, from around the state, in this case around the country, uh, to to catch up. Uh, Yes, it is primarily for the Calvary Chapel family, but it's not exclusive to the Calvary Chapel family. Uh, Anybody that's a believer and serves the Lord is welcome to come. You just need to register. There is a registration fee uh, and uh, the registration's available at calvaryco.church slash refresh. calvaryco.church slash 
refresh. Here's the here's the deal. When we were praying about this, uh, I, I have been reluctant to do this for many, many years. And there was a brother on our staff uh, that was very encouraging in this in this regard. And every year he'd say, you got to do it. We got to do it. You got to do it. And and finally we did. Finally, we we said yes to the Lord, uh, partly because of this brother's uh, exhortation. But there was quite a few others exhorting at the time as well. And the scripture that the Lord gave us was in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. We want to experience times of refreshing through repentance, remembering our conversion, newness of life. And so last year we had passion worship. It was heavy-duty, high-level worship most of the week. It's Friday night, Saturday till about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, something like that. And every year it's different. Uh, Some years it has a more uh, encouraging note. Some years it has more solemn notes. Some years it has a more worshipful note. This year we have two brothers coming out from California. Pastor Scott Cunningham is coming out from Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. He's been the worship pastor there uh, for many, many, many years, dating back to uh, Pastor Chuck. He was the worship leader under the leadership of Pastor Chuck Smith. Uh, He's there now. Uh, and he'll be here with us. He's going to lead worship and teach. And we're also having a pastor come out. His name is Zach Vesnes. He's coming out with his daughter, Abby. Some of you may have uh, been listening to Pastor Zach and his daughter uh, sing together, lead worship together on YouTube. Pastor Zach not only is a phenomenal worship leader, but he is a phenomenal Bible teacher as well. So we have a different way of doing things this year, uh, which is awesome. I love change. I love changing things up. Things aren't predictable. We're going to be Pastor Zach and Scott are going to lead worship and teach together. Like they're going to switch off uh, with along with Abby and they're going to switch off and lead worship, teach. And then over the weekend, Pastor Zach is going to be uh, teaching our weekend services and Pastor Scott is going to be leading worship for our church here at Calvary Church. So it's going to be a full weekend. Uh, it always is a great time to have friends come from in, come in from all around the country, all around uh, the state. And we meet new friends. You are invited. Consider this your invitation. Go, but Ed, I don't go to your church. It's First of all, it's not my church. And number two, you do go to our church because you're a part of the body of Christ. We're just a part of the church. We're not the church or we're just a church that's a part of the church, right? So you're welcome to come. It is not a thing just for our church. It's for the city. And our prayer has always been that more and more people would come, that more and more people would be encouraged, that more and more people would know we don't want to take anything from you. Uh, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're not putting on a conference so we could take advantage of you. We're here to serve you. And that is the heart of this staff and this team to serve you, to encourage you. We believe it's our responsibility here at Calvary to encourage the body of Christ. Uh, Just like with Grace FM, Grace FM was born out of this desire to serve our city, and we're not asking for anything in return. There is a small registration fee. It doesn't pay for the entire uh, conference, just so you know. Uh, It subsidizes it, but our church picks up the tab for the difference. Willingly, joyfully, uh, it's our church's of our tithes and offerings, when because I give tithes and offerings to our church too. 
It's the willingness of our tithes and offerings to go to bless this city. Because I just think God will will bless that. I know he does. We experience it. And these guys and gals, as we were talking this morning in our staff meeting, um, they, they just love serving you. Uh, they love serving. Now, it doesn't mean we don't get tired or it doesn't mean we don't, we're not, not in the flesh or anything. I don't mean that. But they love serving. When they signed up here at Calvary, they knew that it would be a ministry beyond the four walls of our building. Calvaryco.church slash refresh. You are invited. You are invited. And we want you to come. Yes, we are going to be practicing uh, reasonable distancing. Yes, we are requiring masks indoors just ahead of time so you know. And we do that unashamedly and unapologetically. Um, And there's no need to make a big deal about it. Just put your mask on and enjoy the Lord. Uh, you put your mask on when you go to Costco. You put your mask on when you go to Walmart. You go put your mask on when you go into a restaurant. Uh, it's no big deal. You'll get used to it, uh, and you'll enjoy it. So come on out. A lot to talk about, but lines are full. So let's go right to Denver. Ivan in Denver, Colorado. Ivan, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Pastor. Hey, what's up? Hey, I have a question about uh, the, about the Bible and the prophets. Okay, the okay. Bible was was uh, last written about uh, oh I don't know eighteen hundred years ago, R- right? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little more than uh, yeah, yeah, maybe nineteen. Okay. I I'd give that general. Yeah, go ahead. That's okay. good. All right. Well, okay. Since then, you know, are we to believe that there are no more, no longer any prophets, or should are we to amend that? Because, you know, like in the Bible, it says you are not to add to or take away from the Bible. Or, you know, for example, like St. Faustina, you know, you said you used to be a Catholic. Uh, You know, she said that uh, Christ appeared to her, and he asked her to paint a picture of him as he was. Uh, And then she wrote a diary of all the times that he appeared to her. And then there's the like the the three shepherds in uh, Fatima that they... uh, the little children that saw the Virgin Mary, the apparitions of the Virgin Mary, and uh, she had uh, three three things that they told her, or four things that she told them that came came to uh, to happen. So I was just, you know, wondering what you know what to think about that. Well, let's start with let's start with the canon of Scripture, or with the totality of the Word of God. Uh, the Bible is pretty clear that the that God is done writing the Bible. It is complete. Uh, in Jude, uh, we learn that that the faith was once for all delivered to the saints. Once for all, it's Jude three, uh, beloved. While I was very diligently diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Uh, The Bible's done. There is no new revelation. There's no New Testament uh, or a new New Testament like the the false teachings of the Mormons claim. Uh, The the Bible's complete. It's done. God's word is once for all delivered to the saints. Not only that, but later on in Hebrews, we learn in Hebrews chapter 1 that 
in verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he's appointed the heir of all things. And to your question specifically, are there prophets that speak forth on behalf of God in the newness of revelation? No. Is the office of the prophet still existent today? No. It's been replaced, according to the New Testament, by the gift of prophecy. Now we're no speak, they're no longer a man or a woman. It could be a prophet or a prophetess, a person with that gifting. A man or a woman no longer speaking forth new words of God, but rather that gifting now is speaking forth the word of God. And then to the statement on saints, or I, I was never a Catholic. I was just a run-of-the-mill pagan. Uh, so I was never a Roman Catholic, never caught up in that. Uh, and uh, thank God for that. Um, I was just lost as lost could be, and that's where God saved me. But as it relates to saints or the way that, that the Catholic, the Roman Catholic, Romanism, Roman Catholic Church has elevated saints, they've done so unbiblically. Uh, the Bible declares all believers are equal saints, even in Jude 3, right? The, the faith has been once for all delivered to the saints. Paul would often open up his letters and refer to believers as saints, so the things and the apparitions and the visions, even even the visions, we don't need visions of Mary today. Uh, we've got God's word spoken to us through Christ Jesus. And if Mary would say anything today, she would say, stop worshiping me, stop looking to me, stop elevating me over and above Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one, worship him, bow down to him, and look past me. So anybody that claims to have a vision of Jesus or a vision of Mary and Mary doesn't tell them to worship Jesus and dismiss her and ignore her uh, in that case uh, isn't a true vision. Uh, well, I, well, I read it like at Fatima. The, when, the, when the children saw her, and uh, I guess she told them to have somebody come back, and there was like 10,000 people came back, and she told them that there was going to be some sort of display and the sun would, would move around, and like 10,000 witnesses saw this. Yeah, I wasn't there, and I can't, I can't really judge by what happened experientially, because a lot of things happen experientially, right? If somebody came, like we have service tonight, if someone came up to me and said, Ed, you wouldn't believe what happened. This happened in my house the other night. I had a dream, and then my bed moved, and then the roof fell off, and then it came back. Uh, I'm going to say, okay, uh, I can't disagree with them. I wasn't there. Um, but if they said my roof came off and God said that Mary and Mary lifted up above my bed uh, and I can write it down because I drew a picture of it. I'm like, well, what did Mary say? Because that's what's important. And what did she say in your dream? Because really the dead can't speak to the living anyway. Um, so if you claim that Mary's speaking today, she's she's in the presence of the Lord. She's not speaking forth the word of God any longer. She's at the feet of, her, of Jesus Christ worshiping him. So, you know, it's hard, to ex it's hard to disagree with people's experiences because experiences are real, whether they're perceived or not, you know, it could, whether it was a dream or not. But I, I have to take every experience, you and I have to take every experience, and we have to submit it to the final word of God. And the final word of God will tell us that any experience is going to lead us away from the experience 
and to a deeper relationship with Jesus. Okay. Well, understanding all of that, and you saying that the Bible is the last word and there's <laughs> not going to be anything else after that, uh, and we're supposed to, you know, go by that, you know, and it says something in there about women wearing skirts and not wearing pants and, you know, things like that. Are we still supposed to abide by all of those laws? Well, that's a that's a great question. That when you when you open up the book of First Corinthians, uh, and you read what God wrote to First Corinthians, the only way that we can take the Bible and apply it today is to determine what it was meant what was meant when it was written to the original audience, and when it was when you think of a New Testament under the New Covenant, where there was admonition on how to for women how to dress, how to speak within a public gathering. We got. To, we have to understand in the literal interpretation of that passage, there is a, a cultural issue uh, that's being addressed that's in specific to that church. That once we understand the cultural issue, then we can pull back and determine what does that mean for today. As a matter of fact, I was just working with uh, my daughter last night, who's in Bible college, going through the inductive Bible study method, and she was really wrestling with it, uh, wrestling with how to handle it. And we, I taught her as she's learning in her class, I was able to come alongside and help her too, that you have that system of understanding the scriptures, observation, interpretation, application. Many people jump right to the application. Well, the Bible says you can't wear pants, uh, so uh, now today you can't wear pants. Well, you skipped a whole, it's someone doing that, I'm not saying you necessarily did that, Ivan, uh, but someone doing that is skipping uh, a very significant part of the interpretive process, and that is, what does he really mean? What is God saying? Because until we understand what God is saying to them, then we'll never understand what God is trying to say to this culture. And the idea of modesty is still with us today. You bet. Uh, it's very important that men and women, by application, dress in a modest way, not drawing attention to the attributes of their bodies, or not drawing attention to themselves sexually uh, for the sake of gaining someone else's attention or inflaming the lusts of another person. So absolutely. And then when you get back to the Old Covenant, which uh, I would encourage you, um, I've taught on this uh, on our website and on our app, but when you get back to the Old Covenant and you begin to look at the laws, the the ceremonial laws that accompanied the old covenant and the which are temporary the ceremonial laws are temporary they have been fulfilled in Christ but the moral laws morality of God is eternal the moral laws laws of adultery the the prohibition of adultery the prohibition of stealing those are reflective of the nature of God who never changes. But what kind of, what, what kind of seed to sow together in the farm? Um, remember, the children of Israel were called out of Egypt as slaves and didn't know how to live in a way that would separate them from the pagan world. So the ceremonial laws were in, given as instructions to separate them from the rest of the world. So great questions. They all... Uh, kind of go together. There was a lot of them there, but I appreciate you calling, Ivan. Let's go over to line two in Longmont, Colorado. Longmont, uh, Justin is on the line. Justin, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Pastor Ed. How's it going? It's going great. 
Hey, so uh, um, quick question, um, hopefully. Um, so I'm just kind of trying to get some advice and maybe even some dessert, uh, discernment and guidance with, um, uh, I guess, my position at work. So I'm trying to be meek, you know, and have uh, power under control, and I'm really trying to uh, find my identity as a, a man of, of the Word, as a, a man of faith, and, um, you know, living with a, a spirit of, strength and courage and not cowardice and fear. And so um, in the past, I've, uh, you know, kind of let uh, people kind of steamroll me in the, the thoughts of, oh, you know, I need to be meek. I need to be, you know, turn my cheek and let, you know, kind of, you know, really just kind of getting stomped over, I guess, like as my Christian identity. And so I'm, I'm really trying to navigate now of, you know, being like a mighty man of valor and, you know, um, having faith in God and having trust in that and, you know, faith overcoming fear. And so I'm kind of like at this crossroads where I'm coming up on my annual review for work. And so I'm trying to uh, decide between like, do I, you know, be strong and courageous and stand up for myself and, you know, explain to my, you know, employer, you know, why I deserve this raise or, you know, why I think this or that, but then also like really kind of trying to contrast that to like, of, you know, blessed are the meek and, like, having power under control and just, like, accepting what's given to me and having faith that that is how God is supplying me and He's He's called me to this position in that moment and, and having faith in that, or if maybe this is an opportunity for me to, um, you know, be strong and courageous. But then also, you know, I've been hearing lately, you know, Pastor Jeff Figs is, you know, you're not content, you're not being content, and so I'm really trying to just seek seek some biblical guidance on this matter well a couple things and then i would say we're well we got a few minutes so just in case it's a great question i'd like to carry over to the second half if we have to okay so uh, you know i'm thinking a couple of things one you can you can be a strong assertive mighty man of valor without changing your personality sometimes we think that our personalities have to change but if you have a, a meek personality, you have a humble personality, you can be a meek, humble, mighty man of valor. Like it does, you don't have to change overnight where somehow we associate God doing a new work in our hearts that our personalities are going to change. Like you don't have to be, um, you don't have to, to change how you're, how you present yourself. Like it, you, I'm sure that your personality is is good. Uh, I'm sure that your personality is likable. Um, probably kind. You're probably kind and maybe on the more timid side where people do take advantage of you. But just because people take advantage of you doesn't mean your personality is bad. Okay, so I wanted to start out with that because uh, as you, it sounds like you've read something or maybe you've heard something that is kind of ministering to you about being stronger and standing up for your rights kind of thing. But you can do that in love and in meekness and joy. They don't they don't necessarily uh, exclude one another. They're not mutually exclusive. And as to you communicating with your boss and asking him for a raise, I immediately started thinking about Nehemiah. Remember, the, remember Nehemiah, the time in chapter 2 where he came to, in, in the process of, of his job, he came to the king 
And it says in verse 1, I had never been sad in his presence before. And the king said, why is your face sad since you're not sick? And this was more than just like a little conversation. He could have died. He could have been put to death by the king because of his countenance. And you remember why he was sad. He was sad because the walls had broken down. He just got a bad report about Jerusalem and his heart was broken. And it says he became dreadfully afraid. But in the very next verse, it says, then he just said to the king, hey, live forever. Uh, my face, why should my face not be sad when the city has, uh, of the place of my father's tombs lies waste? And then the king said, what do you want? And then he prayed and he told him what he wanted. And I think it's, I think it's good for you to communicate with your boss. If that's the purpose of the meeting, or, or even if it's not the purpose of the meeting, like maybe you call and say, can I have a, can I have a me, can I have a meeting with my boss to talk about my pay, uh, and to justify my work? Cause maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't understand. Maybe he's not getting the right information. Maybe your supervisor or your manager isn't talking to him about it. And on more than one occasion as a believer, uh, and mostly as a believer, actually, for me as a believer, I went to my boss uh, and asked for a raise. And surprise of all things, every time I did that, they gave me a raise. Because my boss didn't, I had something to share with them that they didn't know about. Uh, In one case, I just shared with them, look, um, my family's growing, and I could probably leave this job and get another one that pays more, but I want to stay because I like working for you. I like this place. I like working for you. I like uh, the job that you've given me, But and I could go down to this other company right down the street, and they've just promised me to pay me this much. And my boss, she could have said, well, then go get the job, but she didn't. She said, okay, we'll pay you what they're paying you, and that was the end of it. Yeah, well, and, uh, I really appreciate it, uh, Pastor Ed, and I, I know that we're coming up on the break here, but it's so funny that you mentioned Nehemiah because uh, um, I, I listen to Dr. David Jeremiah's uh, uh, Bible studies, uh, you know, daily, and what he's going over right now is, you know, moving forward, and specifically what he's talking about is Nehemiah saying, you know, God put on my heart, and so I really, even lately, have been trying to, you know, pray for, you know, pray for something for um, God to put some on my heart and to give me like uh, a dream, you know, and to continue to uh, work and continue to serve the Lord. And so, um, I know it's kind of a, a silly question, but uh, I really appreciate your uh, your counsel on this and your guidance. And You're um, welcome. you know, I I, I feel uh, you know like I was going to go in there and kind of explain things, and so I'm feeling uh, um, definitely that uh, that encouragement from you and like that uh, that biblical. Um, you know, I'm going to check out Nehemiah and I'm going to read up on it. And I'm going to, you know, really try to use that for my uh, annual read. And so I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I think it'll be great. Let me pray for you because I think uh, bosses, you know, it just depends on where your boss is, but pray for him uh, or pray for her if it's a her and, you know, ask the Lord to, to, to touch their heart um, because I, I'm sure that they see the value that you bring to the company and you bring to your department and you being able to say, hey, look, this is where I'm at, and, and I love working here, I love working for you, um, but this is where I'm at financially, and I'm asking you to meet me um, at this place of need. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't, right? So we just, we go in accepting what God, because that's where contentment is, right? Just wanting, Just wanting or needing more money for the job that we do doesn't necessarily equate discontentment, but you will be tested on contentment by the per, by your boss's answer. If your boss says no, then at that season you go, okay, Lord, 
I receive that no is from you, and I'm committed to work here until you lead me out. And if you lead me out to a place that's going to pay me more, then he'll open that door for you. Sure. Amen. So, Father, I just pray for our brother Justin as you lead him into this uh, annual review. Uh, a lot of times those reviews are to uh, reflect upon what the year has been and how it's been. And so I pray that the dialogue, not just the review on paper, but the dialogue and this, this request that you give Justin wisdom and understanding and that you would give him clarity on exactly how you want to use him in this workplace. And so show him favor, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Sure, much, Pastor. You have a good rest of your day. All right, bye-bye. All right, you hear the music. We're coming back. we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Patricia, you'll be next as soon as we come back after the break. Shout out to you guys, Hope FM, and shout out to you guys on Truth FM and on low-power stations around the country. We'll be back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. We're in the second half of the program so quickly. Unbelievable how fast this program goes by. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. I want to remind you that our Refresh Conference here at Calvary Church, it's the 11th year that we've hosted it. Uh, that well, it's it's sometimes it's been at Calvary Church. We had one out at Rocky Mountain a couple years ago, uh, and we're a couple years we've taken a break. But for the last eleven years, uh, most of those years we have hosted the Refresh Conference. It is for you. It's not just for our church. That's why we put it on on Grace FM. It's co-sponsored by Grace FM and Calvary Church, and uh, we invite you to come. It's to design, especially in. in I mean, we twenty twenty. Like, it has been, what a year. And we need to come together. We need to be encouraged. We need to be strengthened. And we've got a special guest coming in from California. we got sweet worship. I know if you were here with us last year, we had passion worship from Atlanta, Georgia. You know the passion uh, CDs and worship team. They came out, and it was high level, high energy, unbelievable, amazing, amazing, amazing. And now this year, it's going to be a little bit less. <laughs> it's going to be a lot less in terms of intensity. And God just has a new word and a fresh word for us, uh, a fresh um, approach to being encouraged in the Lord. More information is at calvaryco.church slash refresh, calvaryco.church. That's Calvary, CO stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church slash refresh. All the information, there is a registration uh, it's very nominal. It doesn't pay for the all, what it costs. The church subsidizes a large portion. Uh, our tithes and offerings of Calvary Church, we set aside and we subsidize this. That's how important we think it is. We want to invest in your life. Uh, and so there is a registration fee, um, but the the rest, all the other costs, you know, we got giveaways, we got special gifts, and it's fun. It's it's not It's not your typical conference. It's different. And it, you have to experience it uh, to enjoy it and just be open to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is going to be thick. Yes, we're going to practice reasonable distancing. Yes, we're going to require masks indoors, but you will not be bothered by it. I mean, I guess 
if you want to be bothered by it, you will, but you won't. And and I was just recording a video today to remind people that when it comes to the COVID restrictions, we've chosen a pathway of patience, preference, and humility. And we, we learn to be patient with one another and patient with the process. We want to be humble in all that we do in dying to ourselves. And we wear masks. Most of us aren't doctors. Well, some doctors wear them because they are doctors, but we wear them for you just in case so that if something does happen, we could look you in the eye and say, we did everything possible to not harm you. And I know the the anti-masker and the, I know there's a whole group that, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It's this. And okay. I respect that view. Uh, and I don't have enough information than a YouTube video there or, but we have doctors in the, in our church that is, have communicated with me directly that we're, we've chosen the right course. So I, I trust them. They're co-laborers and I trust them. Uh, and, and even if we're wrong, at least we chose the, the route of caution and love to be a good testimony. And and believe me, we've been doing it for months. You get used to it. And so we'll have reasonable distancing uh, and we'll have masks, but it's going to be fine. It's going to be amazing. What do you mean fine? It's going to be amazing. Uh, So we've got special guest, Pastor Zach Vesnes from Calvary Chapel, Petaluma, California. Uh, They haven't even gone back into their building yet. So having Zach coming out is going to be great. He's bringing his daughter, Abby, uh, look them up. His last name is V-E-S-T-N-Y-S. They've been doing things on YouTube. Sweet harmonies. They're amazing together. And Pastor Zach is a phenomenal Bible teacher. I was introduced to him years ago, and he encourages my soul. And Scott Cunningham. Uh, Scott has a very special place in my heart, I uh, personally. And I've told him this before. Whether he remembers or not, I don't know. Uh, but right after uh, my son Eddie died, I was invited to teach at uh, Calvary Chapel in uh, San Juan Capistrano with Pastor John Randall. And God had just arranged uh, uh, an invitation. Um, I didn't know John very well, but became friends with him. And And uh, the guest worship that Saturday night was, or it could have been Sunday morning. I think it might have been Saturday night. Uh, but it was, you know, that 2013 was a blur um, but he was there as a guest worship leader, and he sang the song, and I brought it back, and Pastor Ian has been singing it here ever since. <clears throat> he was singing the song, Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here. And the first time I'd ever heard it, of course, Pastor Scott is a phenomenal uh, worship leader. That song's ministered to my heart, ministered to my soul. Uh, you know, when you're grieving, many of you know this, you feel alone. Um, Marie was struggling, I was struggling, my kids were struggling, the drama of difficulty, pastoral betrayals, and uh, it was really heavy back then, uh, bad. And so that song forever will remind me of God's presence in my life, his promise to never leave me or forsake me, and then it always associate me back with Pastor John and San Juan and Scott in particular, you know, which he didn't know. He was just singing songs unto the Lord. He wasn't singing it for me. He was singing it to the Lord. He's leading us unto the Lord. So Scott's going to be here. We were hoping that his daughter was going to come with him, Maddie. Uh, she is now uh, uh, signed to a label and just um, unbelievable. Um, their songs are 
on Grace FM in our rotation already. Uh, and I bet you you like some of them already. You just didn't know who he was. You should Shazam songs on Grace FM. That way you know what, where they're from. That's what I do all the time. I'll tell my my watch <clears throat> to Shazam that song. Um, and it'll listen and give me the song. So um, I know a lot of you want us to put the songs into uh, on our website. But we just don't have the manpower to do that. And we have never developed the technology to do that. Um, the technology's out there. We just never. So pray for us. Maybe that's a new thing we could do. But anyway. any rate refresh this weekend friday night go to calvaryseal.church slash refresh and considering it's a covid year quite a few people are coming wow patricia in littleton colorado patricia welcome to the program patricia are you with us all right well let me oh there she is okay hey patricia you're on the air okay hi thank you um, hi, Pastor Ed. I am um, struggling with something that I heard on the radio, and um, with my, with one of my children, and it's kind of like I don't know what to do. So I'm calling for advice. Okay. Let's see. I am. My daughter is angry. Angry and. And I want to say out of control with anger. And I tried to approach her on the subject, and she got mad at me and hung up. And I don't know whether or not to go back and and try to approach the subject again or to just let it go, because it's something that um, she seems... It, 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 her and her husband are both out of control with this uh, screaming and hollering, and and you know, and I don't know what to do. Well, I think the answer, in a simple way, is yes and no. Uh, yes, you should bring it up, uh, and yes, you should let it go, um, because I think uh, timing is everything, and the fact that she responded in the way that she did is validation that your observations are accurate. She may not see them yet or, you know, because anger is a control emotion and it usually is in response to hurt or pain. Uh, It's in response in many ways to a lack of self-control. It's a response that's reflective of wanting to take things into your own hands. You know, parents get caught in this trap all the time. Uh, Their children don't do what they want them to do, so they raise their voice. And when they raise their voice, their children still don't do what they want them to do, so then the parent throws something or gets angry, and then all of a sudden the child does what the parent wanted, and the parent interprets that as anger gets my child to do what I want them to do, and I'm raising a good child. But in reality, it's just the kid scared to death and will do anything to to get his parent to stop flipping out. And... And you do that long enough, you learn that anger, you know, you don't, anger doesn't necessarily care about anyone around you. Anger only is a selfish emotion. I mean, we can go on and on. There's been whole books written on this. I think I'm teaching on anger somewhere in Daniel here on the radio pretty soon. And I'd encourage you to get that study if you haven't already. Um, I think it's on, I think it might have aired already. And it's, it goes alongside with my messages on forgiveness 
you know, because I, I'm certain that your daughter, um, was it your daughter? Did I hear that correctly? Yes, 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 my daughter. Um, is is responding to something that she's never resolved. Like, because there, there is good anger, right? There's, it's not, not all anger is sinful, not all anger is bad. Um, but when it's out of control, when it separates us, when it, um, when it separates you from your own mom who is talking to you and wanting to, at least, you, you know, you can disagree without being angry. Um, it, it, she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to agree, uh, with you. Um, but you're her mom for goodness sake. So, you know, hanging up and flipping out is just validation. So I think timing is everything. So the answer is yes, you should talk to her about it. Should you talk to her about it today? Probably not. Probably not, you know, because the timing of it, the timing of when you approach it again, or maybe praying for her and giving what I like to do, or what I like to say is when I, when we, when we're patient and waiting things out, we're giving God a chance to work. We're letting him, uh, we're inviting him into the situation. We're praying for our daughter. We're praying that God would touch their heart. We're praying that God would do a work. We're praying that they would listen to the Holy Spirit. Is your daughter a Christian? Yes, she says she's a Christian. I mean, I raised her uh, in, okay. uh, in, a, in a Christian home, but um, and her husband also. Uh, you, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if it's because they're not in church anymore uh, because of the COVID, um, you know, and, and, and they watch it online, or just the getting together with, you know, other church members. I don't know what it is. It's just... She just seems to be uh, spiraling out of control. I mean, I heard craziness the other day, yeah. and and it it kept me awake. And you know, when I was praying about it, and and it's like, you know, no, I need to say something. I just can't be silent because she was directing this anger at my grandson, and yeah. you know, and now and and he's calling me help. You know, and I'm, is he I'm, in physical danger? No, not so. No, he. She was screaming. Okay, okay good. Uh, you know, the anger was screaming. Okay. Her and her husband both. Because if she, if he was in physical danger, then I would say you got to get authorities involved right away, right? Because we want to protect him. But the the reality is, is you have a challenge on your hands, and and it may or may not. Ref- these outbursts of wrath are definitely the flesh for a believer a follower of Christ, followers of Jesus can have problems with anger. They can have sinful outbursts of wrath. They can make um, poor choices. And, you know, the idea that her, her son snitched on her and she got busted and you're you're the one talking to her and her being very defensive um, are, are all indications that the reality that you see uh, is accurate and that she does need help and she does need to admit it and help is just like hey i'm your mom and i love you um i don't want to make a point i'm not trying to belittle you i'm trying to help you grow as a mom and maybe even avoid mistakes that i made earlier on you know taking that approach but i do think that it is it is a place of a believer to speak the truth in love to other believers and i definitely think it's the place of a parent to help an, uh, their child, their adult child even, because you're never going to stop being her mom. She can be 99 years old and you're 130 in a nursing home. You're still going to be her mom. 
Um, that would be an interesting sight, wouldn't it? A 130-year-old yeah. mom, a 122-year-old mom uh, disciplining her 99-year-old daughter. But that's the way it goes. That's how God ordained it. And uh, you're still going to be your mom. You're always going to be your mom. And now it's, as an adult, you have more of an encouraging role and an exhorting role than you do have one of authority. Well, so... So I should try again, <laughs> you know, I do I'm, think I'm you, kind of, yeah. uh, I don't know, uh, I don't even know how to approach it because I don't even know. So talk to me. Okay. Um, so here's, but, here's, here's an idea. Give it a week or two, set a time period, say, I'm going to give it two weeks and I'm going to pray every day, two weeks, and then maybe take a journal, uh, sit, sit down and just write down things. Maybe the Lord gives you a scripture. Maybe he speaks to you as an answer to your prayer and just say, okay, two weeks from today, I'm going to call my daughter. And that way you've got 14 days of praying for her, praying for you. And then you pick up the phone and you call her or, you know, you invite her over for coffee or whatever. And you say, you know, uh, honey, two weeks ago, we had a real difficult conversation. You know, had, is there, is there anything I did wrong? And, you know, you can lay it out to, you can lay it out in such a way that would, you approach her humbly. What 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 did I do wrong in that conversation? Where was I wrong? Well, you know, you can't tell me. Well, I'm angry, and and then you're going to be praying for the Lord to give you wisdom so that you can go. But you're angry with me right now. What did I do to tick you off so bad? What what are we dealing with here? Don't you know I'm your mom? And you know you're approaching it. You're taking a soft approach. You're going to deliver the same message, but you're going to take a soft approach because you are you're in a mode of planting seeds. Uh, you're not going to convince her or persuade her in one conversation. That's just not going to be possible. However, you can give some influence and some persuasion, um, and it doesn't even have to be the first thing out of your out of the gate. You know, you could how's life and what's going on, how whatever you guys share in common that can be a bridge to say, you know, we had a conversation a couple weeks ago and it didn't end very well. What what that what what did I do that made you so mad? She's just an angry woman right now. I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm trying, but I don't know. But I will. Yeah, anger can be a... I will make a a plan and and try to go back to the subject. I just kind of feel that it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's difficult for me. And and, and it just sounds like it's going to be difficult for her because she doesn't... She feels she has every right to get angry. And and that's where, you know, uh, oftentimes uncontrollable anger that, that's felt by other people is tied to unforgiveness. It's tied to resentment and frustration. Those emotions go with anger. And ang- this outburst of wrath is kind of like a, this, this out of control anger is kind of like a bubble around the person. They, they have areas that are raw in their life that are unresolved, that anger just keeps everybody at a distance and they never have to deal with it. And they just have that feeling. It's fake, but it's the feeling's real, but the reality's wrong that in their anger, they're in control. And actually everyone around them recognizes they're the most out of control. Exited or children, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, I, I mean... I'm just overwhelmed too, but yes, I think I'll uh, approach it again. I just, 
you know, I, and I did say if there was something that I had done, I mean, I did. I, I went in quietly and calmly because I knew that there would be a pushback. And I got it all right. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's hard. And um, you, you don't want it to perpetuate it. But she's an adult. She's fully a- accountable. Like, y- you, you have to realize that she's if she's a true believer she's fighting in the lord she's she's resisting god she, it's bigger than you and it's it's even more challenging than you so uh let me pray for you and we'll see it's a email me i have a lot of resources on anger and forgiveness that i can send you that you can just start reading and make available and you know who knows she she might surprise you one day and go you know what mom i'm tired of being angry that would be awesome wouldn't it Yes, it would. <laughs> so, Father, I pray for Patricia and her daughter and her grandchild and just how anger has consumed her. And I pray for the right open doors and the right opportunities. And, um, God, it's we're all in. I mean, I think many people listening in right now are in, pos- are in impossible situations with family or former in-laws or whatever. It's just impossible, Lord. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. And so we go, we turn to you, the God of possibilities, and we ask for your favor and protect this little guy um, from the anger of his mom and let the love of his grandma replace the anger of his mom in this vital season in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Patricia, I have one more thing to share with you. Um, growing up, I was a violently angry person. I was out of control. I, I wasn't saved, of course, um, but I was violently out of control. When I was drinking and partying, it was worse. And I'm not that man anymore. Um, not that I don't get angry anymore. Of course I do, but I'm not that out of control. I was so bad, Patricia, that uh, Marie, in, in our young marriage, she would move pictures around the house to cover the holes in the wall that I had that I created because I would throw things and punch things and and it was it was brutal but I'm living proof that the holy spirit can do a thorough work and change a angry and Paul did this you know in the bible too remember he said he was a violently angry man he said he he said he was an insolent man but God showed mercy on him and God showed mercy on me And I think God will show mercy on your daughter as well. Well, I'm praying that, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit will will wake her up. I agree. She's she's doing damage, you know, that, I mean, some of the stuff that she screams and hollers is once, once, once a little kid or a young man or a daughter hears that, that never goes away. That's a hurt that doesn't go away. You know, I, um, I, I am uh, recently on the radio. We did teach, I taught a Bible study. How do I deal with my anger? And I quoted, I see it here in my notes. It says a young lady once came <clears throat> to the great evangelist, Billy Sunday, after he delivered a message on anger and tried to rationalize and explain away her angry outburst. She said, Nothing's, there's nothing wrong with losing my temper. I blow up and then it's over. And the evangelist Billy Sunday replied, so does a shotgun and look at the damage that it leaves behind. Mm. 
And you just described that. It's, it, it may make the person feel better, um, but it doesn't solve the problem. It makes things worse. Okay. I'll come back to the, I'll come back to the subject. I have to get my courage up. <laughs> it, it'll come, and the Lord will give it to you. You don't need to worry about it. He not only will give you the courage, but he'll give you the permission. Like he'll say, he'll, you'll just get a sense. The Holy Spirit will say, now. Now's the time. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Let's move quickly over on to another phone call. You guys on Hope FM and Truth FM, you are not forgotten. We love you guys. We're glad to be a part of your life. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to go to Dustin in Tacono, Colorado. Dustin, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, uh, Pastor hey. Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hi. Um, awesome. Uh, I um, I just had a question um, and just to kind of get your thoughts about uh, just uh, Daniel. Since you, you, met, you had mentioned that you're doing a study in Daniel. And uh, yes. I've I've been uh kind of I've been leading my for like first kind of men's group the last like probably the last ten ten or eleven weeks uh, yes with some some good gentlemen in uh, Longmont Colorado and I've been um, I'm up to Daniel chapter eleven and I just um I so I guess I have some just some questions about verses thirty five through kind of to the end of the chapter I guess just. Okay. Uh, I guess, uh, do you consider those, like, in in both practical application and in, a, like, a, in a scholarly way, like, um, do you, are, the, are those, are those scriptures about the end times, uh, like, uh, should I say, like, the world, the next, the world ruler who's supposed to come on the scene and, like, He's supposed to oppose himself against God, and like, do you consider that like, uh, I guess, like the Antichrist? I do. Yeah, and verse thirty-five is key because it says at the end of verse thirty-five in Daniel eleven, because it is still for the appointed time, and so what you have in Daniel eleven is a dual prophetic um, scripture where it speaks of a specific time where Antiochus Epiphanes came and accomplished some of what's mentioned there. Um, but also, it's also speaking of a future time where it will it will happen in a broader, more um, amazing way that hasn't happened yet, and that and that and you have more insight in that section of scripture of the Antichrist. You know his arrogance, his prosperity, his rebellion. Uh, we learn a lot about the Antichrist in that section, um, but we learn about the Antichrist from a historical narrative looking back at a man by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've, I've, I've pretty much come to the conclusion of as well. I just wanted some clarity before I, because uh, I have a, around a week to, <laughs> it's, to come up. Yeah, it's but kind I, of like... Also, my, so my practical, I guess my practical application is like, with the book of Daniel, um, like... You know, we see a lot of good things that, and and I also read that a lot of early, the early Christian church read the book of Daniel quite a bit. Um, you know, they early Christians made commentaries on Daniel, such as Jerome and like um, a lot. You know, like other apostles and or uh, other of the church fathers have st- 
studied the book of Daniel as well, as far as I know. Um, okay. So I, I guess, like, what, um, in a practical application of, um, like, looking toward this chapter and the other ones, how do you feel like these could help somebody in our generation? Like, you know, like, um, how do, you know, looking at the book of Daniel and uh, just, like, looking at, what the people faced back then. Do do you think that that could help people in our generation now, like in coping with everything that's going on and everything? Well, I think the book of Daniel is uh, in many ways, not only helps a person learn purity, but also understand the significance of prophecy. And when you are are waiting the soon return of the Lord, it brings great purity and change into your life. So I've spent 40 something weeks teaching the book of Daniel. So absolutely at every turn, there's application. Let me tell you this. Email me, and I'll send you my notes on Chapter 11. You can look at them before you prepare, okay? I think, the, is the music on? Yeah, I think we're coming up on the end of the program, but email me. Like, the whole Bible is to be used. Like So looking at looking at uh, Daniel and his prophecy, you know, think about Chapter 11. Chapter 11 is, hey, look, God wants you to know exactly uh, what's going to happen in the future, so that when it does happen, you know that he's God. And he wants you to trust him when things get tough. He wants you to hold on to him. He wants you to to uh, believe him even when the critics come against him. Um, because, you know, Daniel predicted the rise and falls of world empires. 100% accurate. And there's so much in Daniel, bro. You picked a great book to do a Bible study. All right, you hear the music. Come on out to Bible study tonight, 7 o'clock, Calvary. We're back in 1 Peter. Amazing, amazing, amazing the Bible study already. Calvaryco.church. I'll see you at 7. Lord bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.